listening to Clouser on Business. Thanks for coming back. I'm Clouser, your host. Glad you're with us today. One of the things I've observed in my business career is that successful business owners and financial, financial management executives have one thing in common. They practice sound financial management. They are the ones that have monthly financial statements, a prepared budget, and are compliant with regulatory and reporting bodies. They're on top of their game. Why is this important? Why is it important to have a good financial management system in place, and what does it take? Well, I'm glad to have with me today Chris Peterson of Now CFO to help explain and shed some insight on the topic of effective financial management, which is also the title of a paper and presentation authored, authored by Chris. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Chris. Thanks, Kevin. Glad to be here. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on. Hey, well, tell our listeners about yourself and uh, why you selected accounting and finance as a career, and then uh, follow that up with explaining what Now CFO does. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I actually grew up on a farm. I'm a farm kid. <laughs> Back in the day, I belled hay, hauled hay, cut hay, uh, you name it. Um, decided I maybe didn't want to do that for the rest of my life, and so... Uh, no, I, I met a guy um, who I looked up to who was just a business owner, owned a, a few franchises and had like a, a pipe company, um, like PVC pipe. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just thought I'd kind of, I kind of got into this accounting thing just to be in business really. Um, and then I, I kind of got, when I went to school, I went to the University of Utah. So I'm from Southern Utah originally, um, you know, lived in Idaho. I, I lived kind of, lived in Canada. Um, but went went to the University of Utah and just decided, hey, this accounting thing was maybe a good thing for me to do. And um, was that what originally you started out to study? Yeah. Well, no, I actually started in uh, information systems. So I have an uncle who works for HP uh, in the Bay Area at the time, and so I I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I I, I really like business, and so I'm like, okay, well, how how can I learn more about business and do some things like that. I didn't want to get a general business degree. I wasn't smart enough to come up with my own business. <laughs> and so I was like, well, maybe I can do this accounting thing. And so, uh, so that's how I got into it. And um, yeah, and what, what now CFO um, does. Um, so we, we have 20 offices, 20, 20 or so offices around the U.S. Um, there's about, I don't know, about 200 employees or so. Um, and what we do is we do every from, everything from the, the bookkeeping level to the CFO level and everywhere, everywhere in between systems, um, conversions, um, you know, accounting manager, cost accountant um, type work. And so, so those who are looking for, um, you know, hey, I don't need a full-time CFO, I just need a part-time person, or hey, I have a, a project, there's an acquisition, or I'm doing a system conversion I need I need set up on QuickBooks. Um, that's what we do, and that's what we specialize in. So most of us are CPAs, um, but really what we do is we focus on the operational accounting work, um, the day to day stuff that really matters. And so Gap's important, but really what we'll be talking about today is measuring performance and running the business. That's a little more important. That's and that's all we do. And so our model is a little bit bit different than most. Um, we're basically structured like a CPA firm or a law firm. All of our people, well, I'd say like 95% of our people are employees. Every once in a while, we'll have a contractor or two. Um, but we really um, like to do the employee model, like to uh, find the greatest people that we can and keep them around for a long time. And so that employee model is paid off for us. So, mm. Is there a particular size of uh, business in terms of, say, gross sales that uh, now CFO uh, uh 
Yeah, help? yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would I would say it's all over the place. Uh, usually on the low end, we, we kind of come in the million dollar mark ish on uh, gross sales. We have some smaller. Uh, we have clients over a billion uh, in gross sales. Uh, it kind of depends on what we do. For the the larger clients, we typically do. Uh, it's typically a project-oriented type thing, assistant conversion or maybe an interim role or, hey, it's an acquisition. Mm-hmm. The smaller clients, um, it could be an interim role, but a lot of what we do is that part-time, ongoing assistance. And so, hey, they just, once a month, they need someone. Or a lot of times we have maybe a couple people. We could have a bookkeeper that goes once a week and a CFO once a month for that mm-hmm. high-level support. So, mm-hmm. so it really ranges, I would say. Um, you know, We're here in Portland, uh, here in Portland, most of what we do is kind of fifty million and under, and especially that two to like thirty-five million or so is really where we see a lot of the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to follow up to your uh, education and your uh, college experience, so when you came out of college, did you uh, work work for a big firm? Yeah. So uh, so yeah, that's a good. So yeah, I went to college, got my uh, CPA, well, my master's degree, and then uh, worked for Grant Thornton, which is I don't know the number five or number six. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I, like I said, I always wanted to be that entrepreneur type person. And so uh, I, I owned a property management company for a while. And I have some real estate that I do as well. Um, and, then, and then how I joined now, CFO, I was, so I was in public accounting for about six years. It you know, worked on some IPOs and worked on a lot of public entities, uh, you know, some nonprofits as well. Um, but anyway, I, I was there for about six years and I, I met the founder of now CFO. Well, one of the founders is Jim Bennett and, uh, kind of just met him through networking and kind of liked where the company was going. And at that time we maybe had three or four offices and just saw a lot of opportunity to go and kind of open some offices and do some things. And so, yeah, um, so that's how I joined is kind of, um, you know, being that, uh, I guess, uh, Starting small there uh, in Salt Lake City, um, and then now um, I opened the Portland office, opened the our Silicon Valley office, and the Seattle office, and so uh, so it keeps now I'm bu- kind of the regional guy over that. So, so it keeps you busy, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, it keeps me busy, but it's fun. It's it's nice to be, um, I guess, the good guy, <laughs> you know, that people like rather than the necessary evil of. Uh, you know, just getting a uh, audit done for gap purposes. Right. Hey, so uh, before we get into the content of, of our uh, podcast today, I must remind our listeners that the Clouser on Business podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be relied upon for tax or legal advice. Please contact your own CPA or attorney for tax or legal advice. Okay, Chris, our topic today is effective financial management. Who should be paying attention today? Yeah, well, I think it, I think it's good for anyone, any any business owner, um, especially those uh, startup companies or companies maybe uh, ten million and under. Um, but I would say any anyone, any owner that wants to maybe improve their financial performance, it's always a um, good to listen. So I, but specifically that startup ten million and under revenue, I see that's a, a really uh, a good per- or ideal person to be listening. Yeah. Well, in your paper, you mentioned that uh, accounting is often referred to as the uh, language of business. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So, um, so Warren Buffett had that quote of, um, "What what what are we looking at here? Uh, what what's the accounting telling us? Um, what's the numbers telling us?" And so, so oftentimes, um, as an owner, uh, 
you know, I, I see like you're, you're focusing on the product, you're focusing on sales and that's, and that's where it's all going. And, and then you kind of have this, Oh, I've got a, um, you know, I've got taxes to file and payroll tax or uh, year end tax or whatnot. So oftentimes the accounting takes kind of the, the back burner, I would say. And it, and it makes sense because you, you want to grow, you got to have money, you got to um, have sales. Um, but really just that language of business is just understanding, hey, what are these numbers telling me? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is it, am I making money? Am I not making money? You know, where am I making that money? Um, and so really that is the, it's a key thing to know and like, okay, what's, where do we focus our efforts? And so we'll go and into more of that today. Yeah, so. I, I, I found that it's kind of interesting that you, you've, you have these uh, men and women who know how to produce something or sell something or distribute something, but it just seems a commonality that they just fail some in, along the way with keeping their own you know, financial reporting uh, system in place or even having one really that uh, gets the job done. Yeah, well, a lot of it's their time, and you know, I'm sure most people didn't sign up to become an accountant, right? They they wanted to create this great product over here, and like they kind of you kind of get wrapped up into it, and, and oftentimes it, you know, you start with the uh, you know the, the owner or, or them, and they're kind of doing everything, and then maybe the, the spouse is, or someone else is helping on the accounting side, and it just kind of takes a back burner. But eventually, you kind of run into the part where, like, oh, I want to know more. Mm-hmm. Like, is it product A that's doing well or product B? And so now it, it becomes a hindrance on you rather than, um, you know, and so it's like, oh, I need to put a little more effort into that side. And so anyway, there's, there's never a perfect time to start. It's, it's always cost versus benefit, but I think there's definitely some things you, um, that we can do up front to, you know, mitigate some of those uh, pains in the end. Mm-hmm. So in your, in your uh, presentation, in this uh, paper that you wrote, you refer to some basic financial management practices a business should be conducting. Um, I'm from your earlier comment. I'm supposing that the size of the business or the maturity of the business probably doesn't matter uh, with these. But could you uh, could you talk about the five uh, those five principles? Yeah. So uh, the the key five that I have here is uh, uh, measure performance. So uh, um, well, let me list them off first. So measure performance, uh, cash flow management, planning, budgeting, forecasting. Uh, government and tax compliance, and then I think we had safeguard on assets, right? Was right, the, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, uh, so those are some of the key things of, okay, what, what are some good financial practices? And I think each one of those, um, you know, um, is very key uh, in order for a business to um, have good financial management practices. So, so yeah, so, uh, you know, measure performance. I, I'll go into that one a little bit. Um, so, like I said before, making a profit, um, you know, what, what, what are the numbers are telling me? Um, we've, ha- we've had people um, come to us and say, literally, you know, they'll be doing, uh, I don't know, one guy was doing maybe 8 to 10 million in sales. And just, he's like, I don't know, my CPA says I got money. I, I don't know where it's all going, but I don't know whether to keep the doors open or, or not. And so, uh, so, so that's one, right? We've got to we've got to make a profit. We got to know, like, hey, we we make it enough to you know pay the bills there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, commonality there, I, you know, again, I what I found is companies probably doing okay, but uh, they just they're, which you I think you'll get to it here in a second is just there's uh, probably poor cash management uh, involved in that. Yeah, yeah, it, and it, it gets um, cash flow. We'll, I'll talk about that one in a second, but. Um, just knowing the numbers, I think a lot of times as, as business owners, 
Um, sometimes the owners are afraid to ask questions. Like the CPA tells you something and you're like, okay. And you know, CPAs, we're, we're not the most, <laughs> we're not, we're not the liveliest people at the party. Right. And so we, we kind of, ex- sometimes we explain things, maybe not the best way or think an owner should know that, but I've seen a lot of owners, like the best owners, um, is they understand they're not afraid to ask questions like, Hey, what is this balance sheet telling me? What's this P and L? mean or why, mm-hmm. why does that go on the P&L and not the balance sheet and, mm-hmm. and really understanding that because because as a business owner you're not you're not, you didn't you didn't maybe you had some accounting classes maybe you didn't ever um but don't be afraid to ask those those questions um and that way you know on this on this reporting why why you know why is it different than what I expected mm-hmm. and why why does this matter um so a lot of times so you kind of have the overall profit and then you have a lot of times you we see that, that people have different product lines, different service offerings, and it's really they're trying to track those job costs and, and like it's inventory. Like, hey, I don't, I don't know if I, you know, if product A is making money or if product B is or how much, where's that margin is. Um, so we, we get a lot of that of um, just kind of that job costing um, type stuff and really just looking at, hey, we got to we want to know where we're making money and where to put our efforts. And then another thing I think just on measuring performance is um, consistency, consistency and timely reporting. Um, so, we're, so a lot of times we'll see, we'll come into a situation and, and the owner will say, hey, I haven't gotten my numbers for two months ago or uh, it's always a month late. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's really no excuse for that. And, and, and a lot of times it's, hey, this is all, it's always been that way, or, you know, we, they just don't know better. But I, I think really just having a, consist, a consistent time frame of, hey, these, these financials are due, you know, within the first two weeks of the month or the, a week, you know, um, and setting some meetings, setting some agenda, like, hey, we're going to, we need these because, hey, we're going to meet as a management, we're going to go over these, and just, and having that consistency. Because what, what tends to happen is a lot of, a lot of owners I've seen of um, you know they'll, they'll be doing their thing and then you know they're like I said they're working on sales or they're trying to grow the business and then and then things get pushed off and then when you things get pushed off and then okay now it, rather than getting those financials on day 15 now it's day 31 and then soon it goes to the next month and, right right um, you'd much rather be able to see uh, okay where did, where did we go wrong or what were we doing well uh, this last month and have this relevant data rather than having data that hey, it's already too late or we lost we lost money that we could have you know made if we had that on time right sooner than later type of thing so that consistent timely accurate reporting i think is a a key thing and i, I would say you know any business we we've had billion we we had a billion dollar entity that was taking them you know over a month or so to close mm-hmm. and like, hey there's really no reason for that and um, we were introduced by the CPA firm, like, and we got them down to like a three-day close. And so it doesn't matter the size. Um, Just out of curiosity, how? Because uh, I, I, I'm a CFO at a logistics company um, here in Portland, and I find you know I've made a commitment um, to have our financials to our bank on the 15th, you know, the following mm-hmm. month. But uh, what you're, what you're talking about alluding to is there's a managerial type of information that people in the organization need to have in order to make corrective decisions. And I, I and I, I find in my own situation, that's a very uh, difficult thing to do sometimes because uh, just of 
lingering information, if nothing else, coming in in order for us to uh, close the books. But maybe, uh, you know, the term soft close or something like that is appropriate here where uh, uh, management can get the information they need. Yeah, and, and there's some estimates sometimes that you have to do, but um, I think just the way to speed that up is to do it throughout the month and then waiting at the very end of the month to do, do a lot of it. Like You can reconcile stuff daily. You can, mm-hmm. do, you can do things, and like I said, it's cost versus benefit. Um, but, yeah, you've got commitments to the bank or commitments um, you know, as an organization, like, hey, we want to see these numbers, but um, you know, that timely, accurate reporting. We know like, if you don't get it to the bank and it, if it's mm-hmm. messed up, the bank's going to question it, and it, it causes a lot of chaos and stress. Um, so uh, yeah, there's a few things with this reporting. One is your, your, your covenants or banking covenants, but a lot of it really is too. You're just internal reporting like, Hey, how we doing? Mm-hmm. You know, um, let's, let's get this done sooner or later. And we see it a lot of, I see it all the time where, where an organization just won't know, have any idea which product, you know, is making money and which one's not right. right like, overall, right. I think we're okay. And you know, sometimes they have a pretty good idea, but it's nice to like, okay, really, let's let's nail that down and figure out, um, you know, what this reporting is. So, so a lot of times you you start slow, like, hey, let's let's start with the top one. Let's start with just getting our stuff to the bank on time. And okay, maybe now we, we get that going. Maybe now we can drill down to some other stuff, some KPIs or some other right. reporting metrics. And right. so you kind of start at the top and and kind of work your way down. So. Mm-hmm. Um, then yeah, the the last one I have in here is just the system stuff. Um, you know, we we have some businesses that just uh, um, you know they're in Excel versus even QuickBooks. You know, mm-hmm. and so really, you know, if you're doing that, I, I'd really you know <laughs> if you're on that, I'd really push to just hey use QuickBooks or Zero or some sort of accounting system. It'll, it'll save you a lot in the end. And, and if you're on QuickBooks, um, you know QuickBooks can do a lot of great things. Um, you know, sometimes inventory is a little tougher and things like that. Um, but really, you know, don't, um, you know, get into a software. Don't don't get pressured into a software either. Uh, make sure it's the right software mm-hmm. for your company. Uh, that'll help out on the reporting. Do get, you do you help your, excuse me for interrupting, do you help your clients uh, when they when they need to go out and find, uh, say, a new accounting system or? Yeah, so we, we can help. So we're not locked into any one vendor. Like, you know, the, the vendor is going to try to sell you uh, whatever they prefer. Like, oh, my system will do that. So a lot of times we'll go in and help a company evaluate a few options. Hey, let's get, you know, two or three options. Let's make sure they're going to do what we, we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then let's let's get them in. And there's a lot of work uh, around that of, uh, you know, switching from a QuickBooks to your first ERP system. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they call us on the back end and it's a little where they've, they've gone, uh, you know, from QuickBooks to Microsoft Dynamics or something and it didn't turn out well or they're not getting the reports that they mm-hmm. want. And this, you know, we're talking about this reporting module here. Um, so a lot of times we can come in and help them like, hey, let's get let's use the system as it's designed to do because, mm-hmm. you know, you pay a lot of money for that and it's supposed to be better. Um, sometimes it's, it doesn't go as planned. And so, yeah, we do we do help our clients with that. And let's get let's get the right thing uh, for the right business and mm-hmm. the right size of entity. Sometimes we go the other way. Sometimes we go from a ERP back to QuickBooks because uh, company just doesn't have the the right people or uh, they don't need that type of system. Someone right, told right. them they needed a you know, hundred thousand dollar system and they just didn't need that yet. So and they, they don't have the personnel on hand to run it. So, yeah, it's, I've seen that too. So, uh, so we had planning and budgeting. Uh, so let's just recap a little bit. So, uh, first was uh, major measure performance. 
Second was cash flow management. We had uh, third was planning and budgeting. Yeah. How, 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 what are you seeing out there in terms of companies really having a, um, you know, a, a real budget uh, in place? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd say it's kind of a 50-50. Um, you know, some of them um, that we see will come in and they've never done a budget. Some have a pretty extensive budget. Um, you know, I, I think with all, you know, some are growing. You know, they like to call it a model instead of a budget or whatnot. Um, I think every company should have something, you know, a plan, a model, or something in place to say, okay, what what is our goals? Mm-hmm. Uh, if we if we haven't if we don't, well, I guess I'll say a lot of owners have that in their mind, but maybe it's not communicated to the rest of the organization. Mm-hmm. And so having something that we can look at, um, you know, as a as a management team, and you know, here's our goals and here's what we're striving for, uh, really helps you push and kind of get up to that next level. And so how how are we going? How do we get from point A to B? Um, I, I like to call like strat link, linking that strategy to our forecaster budget. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like okay, we can go in and we can just use last year's numbers, but that's not really what we want to do. We want to want to say, okay, where do we want to put our dollars? Is it in marketing? Is it in IT? Is it in, you know in sales? Right. And so, what what's our strategy? And then okay, coming first coming up with that strategy and then linking that to our budget or our model yeah. uh, is the key. And I, I think a lot of Owners, when they think about that, that's more like, okay, yeah, I can do that, rather than, oh, we, we're growing so fast that it doesn't really matter, or, you know, it's the same year after year, but it's, um, it's, it's, if you want to kind of start running, I guess, the business by the numbers rather than kind of everything flowing through the owner. Or the seat of your pants. Yeah, or the seat of your <laughs> pants. Um, it, it's, it's key, right? And so, uh, and that's, we, we see a lot of owners um, come to us and like, okay, how do I, how do I run, you know, the, my business by the numbers? And, and this is uh, a key, this uh, planning, budgeting, forecasting um, step to doing that, right? And like, okay, I can look at a report. Did we, are we on budget? Are we off budget? You mm-hmm. know, what, what are the causes, right? And how do we, how do we fix it? Yeah, I, I, it's just amazing, amazing to me that how many, people, how many companies do not have a budget, but more, more so that the uh, management and ownership won't even take the time to sit down and even think it through. I mean, I've run into so many people. Their philosophy is, that, "Well, we'll get what we get." Well, you know, how, how do you, how do you, where are you going to get to someplace if you approach it that yeah. way? Yeah, and it's the goal. Like, hey, what, what, you know, considering everything, what's out there? What's our, what's the market doing? Where, where should we be? Like, hey, should we be? Is you know, is it ten million that we should do this year, or is it really fifteen million that you know that we should be doing? And so, sitting down that and having you know the right people involved, you know, if it's you know other members of the management team and having them come up with some of their you know budget numbers, what they want to do, where mm-hmm. they see, uh, really helps get that buy-in as well when you're putting that together. So okay, and uh, so uh, next on your list is government compliance. Just uh, you want to briefly just say how important it is to. Uh, yeah, so I, I would say just 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 try not to get in trouble, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, obviously you want to go and you want to um, you know expand the business, but there's there's some certain things that um, you know that we should do, right? One, file your taxes, right? Hey, let's let's get them in, let's get them in on time. I'm, I'm talking about you know um, your federal income, your federal and your state taxes. There's also your your payroll taxes. Um, and we, we've seen this as an organization we've seen where, uh, you know, that 
you're, you're behind. And, and this is one of the first things to go like, Oh, well, we'll catch up that payroll tax later. Um, and then it just becomes this overwhelming, um, burden on you. And, and I think it follows you around, um, no matter what the bit, you know, you have mm-hmm. to declare bankruptcy or something. Um, so, and we, we've had, you know, we've had some people outsource it. A lot of, most companies outsource it and that's probably what I'd recommend the most. Um, Again, I like to interrupt you here. I, I liked when the taxes and all the liabilities are impounded and then, you know, they're paid, you know, yeah. your, your pay, the third yeah. party payroll provider will, you know, you fund them and then that way. Yeah. They're that, bonded. They know what they're doing. Um, take that risk off yourself and put it, put it on them. That way, if there is a mistake, it's not on you. Um, and, and get a right, get the right people, you know, right, uh, company do you vet that out a little bit. I, we had one company that, um, I think it was a cousin or a brother-in-law owned the payroll company and they were giving, you know, they were submitting it to them, but then the, the payroll company wasn't submitting to the government. And so, so do a little vetting, hire someone good, but yeah, uh, payroll taxes is, is a key thing. Um, you know, other, also just, um, you know, minimize the taxes, don't evade, right? Like obviously, you know, business owners, you try to run things that make sense for the business, uh, and, and you want to do that to minimize your taxes, but you know, you don't want to get in trouble and, uh, evade taxes as well. Mm-hmm. And I think a key, especially on that, um, startup side is, you know, get your own, you know, uh, business account versus your personal, you know, a lot, a lot of times on these smaller, uh, kind of startup companies, um, you'll, you'll see kind of that personal and business stuff mixed in there. And it, one, it creates a lot more work for your bookkeepers to do. And two, there's a lot more, you know, kind of liability if things are messed up. It just makes it a lot easier, a lot cleaner. Well, and you're just setting yourself up for something to happen anyway when you commingle, you know, yeah. those personal business funds. Yeah. So it's just something simple, but you'd be surprised, <laughs> <laughs> you know, credit cards or, or whatever. So, you know, uh, you know, hey, I'm just going to use this one for business and not for personal. And so uh, really separate those personal versus business stuff. And then look for some incentives too. I mean, we're talking about compliance, but you know the R and D credits out there, the domestic product uh, production deduction. Um, so there's some things out there too to minimize your tax. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, talk to your CPA. Um, you know, try to minimize those if you can. There's some things out there that you know just ask questions like, hey, hey, can we do this R and D credit? Can mm-hmm. we do this domestic production credit? Uh, other things like that. Well, I think it's good too uh, to sit to sit down with your CPA and and actually your attorney too. But you've, I would think at least once a year, if not uh, biannually, sitting down and talking to your CPA and you know you know hey, this is how the business is looking. You know, midpoint here, or should we be looking at some things? Or there's some new things. You know, we got a big uh, new tax law coming into effect in 2018. You know, how's that going to affect me? Uh, you know, and talk to your CPA because um, yeah. they, they don't know unless you tell them what's going on. They may see some may just see your annual results when they do your tax return. Right. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Uh, talk to your CPA, like I said, a couple of times, you know, maybe twice a year or so. Uh, it, it's hard to do much tax planning if you wait till, you know, December. Exactly. <laughs> do that. Let's 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 talk a little bit earlier during the year and see what we can do for sure. Yeah, you got a couple more uh, uh, communication methods to lenders. Uh, what what are you thinking there? Yeah, well, I, I would say just as as you have your lenders, um, you know, I have an open communication with them. Um, 
a lot of times they don't know. It depends on the business, but sometimes some businesses are harder to get a hold on than others. Um, I, I would definitely want, um, you know, as you're supplying, you know, financials or, or whatnot, like, hey, am, am, I giving it, am I giving it to you in the right format? Is, is, it, is it timely enough? You, you never want to have a vendor or, a, sorry, a lender, you know, kind of distrust the information, you know, um, or a, like, for example, we've been brought in on a, on a few uh, engagements where, um, you know, the lender brought us in because, or helped bring us in because they didn't really trust the numbers or they weren't sure about the numbers mm-hmm. just because the numbers, uh, from one, I guess for one, uh, one example was one client we had, um, they would submit the monthly uh, financial report and then they'd submit the next month's report, but then the prior month had changed, right? And, and, that, and that was a recurring problem. And so uh, basically we are brought in to just put some controls in place and, okay, here's some things we can do to prevent that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you, know, I, you know, with your investors and your, owner, uh, your lenders, um, you know, realize that, hey, we've, we've got it. Like, do they want gap financials? And what, what's the deadline? When do they want them? And, and how do they want to see them? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, kind of, and they'll know, like, okay, what are some of the best practices to do that? And so, uh, that's definitely a method of communication. Um, the board, you know, we work with a lot of nonprofits, and you know, they have their boards, and they want to see uh, things a certain way, or here, here's a board package uh, that they want to see. Um, so, yeah, I, I would just say, hey, you know, are we giving it to you, you know, the way mm-hmm. you want to see? It? And if they want to see it in another format or whatnot. Um, you know, oh, can we do that or we cannot? Or, hey, we could do that, but that's going to take us an extra right. 20 <laughs> yeah, hours right, exactly. a month to do that or whatnot. And so just know it is a, a method of communication. And, and when things change or things are not timely, uh, it raises a lot of questions with the lenders and investors. And just know, too, when you're, when you're talking with them, when you're going out um, and, and, you know, you're getting a loan and, like, okay, can we get – do we need an audit or do we need a review, right? And so um, – or is it a compilation we can get by? And, you know, uh, for those, you know, you always want to kind of get, you know, an audit's going to cost you a lot more than a compilation mm-hmm. or a review right. would cost. And so, um, you know, talk with them on what, you know, what maybe they're willing, maybe it says an audit in there, but maybe you can get them to say a review would suffice for that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and for those, uh, for those listening that maybe not uh, are familiar with those terms, uh, there's compilation, review, and audit service. Compilation is uh, would be the lowest level of assurance, if any, there. And um, you want to touch on that just a second? Yeah, so compilation is just putting, basically hiring someone just to put the um, uh, numbers uh, together for you. Um, so I, I, it's funny. It's, uh, I just had a call last week uh, with, a, with a construction company, and they realized uh, as part of this bid that they were going to have to do a compilation, and they wanted to do it by today. And they called me on Friday. Like, okay, well, you know, uh, we don't do them. First of all, we we help do them, but um, it's going to be hard to find a CPA to work over the, the New Year's uh, it was New Year's uh, Eve. You know, um, so the compilations, the basic is basically really no attestation. They're not really all they're doing is taking the numbers and putting them in a, a good format. Uh, a review, um, it's it's a little more, so they'll they'll take the numbers, put them in a good format, um, but then they'll also ask some questions like, okay, why did this change? You know, why did that change? And, and a little more uh, testing going on there. And then an audit's a full blown. They're they're diving in, they're pulling, you know, inventory count. A lot of times, owners, um, 
you know, as you're getting ready and you have inventory and you're like, oh, I'm, I, I know I'm going to have an audit, um, you'll want to you want to get that in, inventory, like those beginning balances kind of looked at kind of the year before um, you have an audit. So say it's two thousand end of 2017, we're going into 2018, you'll, and you say you need an audit in 2018, uh, at the end you want to have like those auditors, uh, your CPA, have a look at that beginning balance of inventory on mm-hmm. January 1st, 2018. So know that that'll save you some money um, going forward. And so an audit is kind of the full extent, the uh, gamut. They'll they'll ask questions. They'll um, do a lot of testing. Uh, mainly, they focus on the balance sheet of um, really diving in and testing that. And then the PL is more of an inquiry type thing. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, and just know that going into those, there's a lot of there's a lot of work in there of just being ready and and, and the schedules. And we, we do a lot of that um, with now CFO, just getting uh, a lot of first time audits and and helping um, you know because you have your employees and they're trying to do their daily functions. And right, now all of a sudden we've got all this audit stuff we're trying to worry about. Um, so we help you know we can help get the schedules together or help. Uh, you know, take some of that burden off uh, off the employees, especially that first time. Just to you know, okay, you know, making sure we're uh, we're ready for what's coming in there. And I think I missed cash flow a little bit on that one, so I want to talk about. Yeah, sure, you guys skipped over that one. Um, so just know on on the cash flow, um, you know, a lot of a lot of businesses um, like if, um, we've worked with some businesses that they go bankrupt, and uh, and the bankruptcy rules are that you have to have a thirteen week cash flow, and you really have to dive in on that but really cash is the lifeblood of the business right and so can i pay the bills what's my payroll you know to me that's the difference of an owner and a non-owner the owners are typically dreading payroll day right yeah employees can't come around fast enough right and so um so just stepping back and having a, a cash flow forecast um you know you know, do we have enough to do payroll or, or we want to hire another, um, you know, salesperson or whatever, we want to grow the business. Okay. Where are we going to get that cash mm-hmm. and sitting back and, you know, what really, what keeps you up at night, right? Like, uh, you know, I'm an owner of business. I, you know, same, same things keep me up at night is, you know, I, I'm going to make payroll. What, what, where, where, where's this cash going to come from? Right. And so, so really just sitting back and uh, taking a little time to, rather than flying by the seat of your pants, right. Um, sitting back and looking like, okay, we've got, you know, uh, these payment terms with these, uh, customers, when's that money coming in? We've got, you know, these expenses, this is when we expect them to go out and okay, here's our net balance. Do we need a line of credit or, you know, how are we, how are we going to do this thing? How are we going to, you know, take some of that pressure off of us so we can, so we can sleep at night and not worry yeah. about cash as much. Well, that cash is like uh, gasoline in your car. I mean, if you don't have much cash, you're not going to do anything. Yeah, cash is king. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, ca- and having cash allows you to also uh, take advantage of opportunities that come your way too. But if you, you know, as an owner uh, business, if you if you're not tracking cash and knowing where you stand, I mean, a lot of you know, we live in a have for a long time generations that have bet the future, uh, and you know, how do you do that unless you know where you're going to be? You know, if it's going to cash right. out, you know, cash flow out. Yeah. Yep. So uh, lastly, here you have. Uh, Last point is safeguard assets. What do yeah, you yeah. So it's it's the fraud. So um, so um, uh, just having some internal controls in place to to safeguard some assets, whether that's cash or inventory. Um, you know, a lot of times um, we, we talk about the fraud the fraud triangle, right? There's a 
there's a pressure on an employee to, you know, maybe uh, there's a medical bill or, or something. So there's kind of three, fi- three, three things that um, are involved with the fraud triangle. There's that pressure, there's opportunity. So that opportunity is from not having the right controls in place. So uh, if you have someone who has access to, you know, the payroll and the bank and, and no checks are reviewed and kind of um, has that full access, that there's definitely an opportunity for employee to, to steal from you. And then there's a ras- usually a rationaliza- rationalization. There we go. <laughs> uh, as part of that, as um, you know, you know, the business is making plenty of money, and so I, um, so they'll be fine. They won't miss this, right? And so, so having the controls in place, and we we see that we've seen that um, quite a few times over the years. I'll I'll give you a few examples. We had a doctor that um, came on like two or three practices. Um, came to us and said, Hey, I know I'm making money, but I don't have any cash. Uh, I don't know where it's all going. At least I think I'm making money. Uh, um, so he had just a, he said, I need you guys to come in and, and just take a look. You know, we're, uh, we have a, a couple fr- forensic accounting people on staff. That's not our ideal thing, but, um, we can come in and just take a look. And so we did for him, took a look and like, okay, um, uh, we're like, okay, did you know that? He had a he had a bookkeeper that did everything for him and gave mm-hmm. them full access to everything. I'm like, did you know that you know their salary was this amount, right? And it's like, no. She had given herself like a two hundred thousand wow. dollar a year <laughs> raise, and he hadn't hadn't noticed, right? Um, you know. So and then you look at the credit card. Like, hey, did you see? Do you ever look at the credit card? And oh no, there's a bunch of personal stuff on there. Um, payroll uh, again. Uh, he's set up another fictitious or boyfriend or something like that right so there's all mm-hmm. these things to um you know um there's all these things that, you, that can happen if you don't have the right controls in place and so mm-hmm. and it doesn't take a lot of just hey take a minute to review um you know segregates uh it's called segregation of duties of you know if you've got mm-hmm. a couple people hey let's let's limit their access to certain things um, so for instance uh as an example for our listeners uh the person writing the check shouldn't necessarily be the one receiving money in from your customers and uh, maybe the billing person shouldn't be involved in the cash uh, portion of that either right yep and so yeah just segregating like uh you know we uh, you know credit cards and hey they don't they don't have act you know they can only enter in thing they only have viewer access rather than all access or whatever And, and sometimes that's tough with an owner especially in a small business uh, where you're, you know, you're trying to do all these things and you have limited personnel, but there's certain things of just stepping back and reviewing and limiting some access to things and, and segregating things a little that can really, um, you know, save you a lot of headache and a lot of um, time and, and prevent some fraud. Um, and, and like I said, it, it's usually the person that you suspect least, you know, it's the person that's been <laughs> around there for a long time and, and you know, like family friend or whatever. And, um, you know, like I said, it's rationalized somehow, and um, you know they, they just so take it's always some of you. it's always somebody that's trusted. That yeah, com- that it's com- a trusted. It comes person. in, yeah, it comes like, in with a trusted relationship it's, or it's something. Always the person you least expect, and then they burn you. And so just just take a some time to think through that. And like I said, it's harder for smaller businesses, but um, as you go through and um, like, okay, maybe I need to do a little more thorough review on the checks going out, or okay, who's mm-hmm. this? Uh, you know, the employee. Uh, you know, review that payroll uh, report, you know, that goes out uh, or have a manager review. You know, there's certain things 
uh, that you can do to limit that. So, yeah. uh, you know, put in put put in some of those controls, and I'll save you a headache. So yeah. So I, I wanted to recap again before we wrap up here. Uh, so measurement measure performance is number one. Cash flow management, planning and budgeting, government compliance, paying your taxes, and especially those payroll taxes, communication methods to your lenders. And let me add something to what Chris said earlier, just from my own experience, is communicate with your lender all the time. I mean, it's uh, you might think, well, they wouldn't want to know this or that or whatever, but in, in actuality, they do want to know that. And it just makes them, well, you build a, uh, a, a great trust, I think, relationship quicker when you do that. Yeah, I would totally, the best lender, you know, like, okay, what's your goals during the business, you know, during the year or the next few years? Um, the best lenders that I've seen, like I had one that was great and, you know, he, he knew the business so well. He, he's like, hey, I already pre-approved you for this equipment line because I knew you guys were going to buy some equipment, you know, as we talked about. And so rather than waiting, you know, a month, he had it ready to go uh, right away. And so, yeah, talk with your lenders. Let them, like, okay, they have certain parameters. Um, you know, what what box do they want us to work within? Or, um, you know, communicate with them more often that, uh, helps uh, than, mm-hmm. you know, you know, sometimes you're afraid to, t- <laughs> to say things, but, uh, you know, just communicate and, and hire a good, you know, controller, CFO, or someone that, you know, can help maybe explain things maybe um, a little better, maybe financially than the, than the owner can. That, that also helps, too, and kind of be that bridge. So, mm-hmm. And then uh, your final point uh, category was safeguard assets. So as we wrap up here today, uh, what encouragement, uh, you know, would you give to our listeners uh, uh, to get these effective financial management tools set in place? Well, I would just say, um, you know, start now. Like, don't, don't be down on yourself uh, if, if, you know, you don't think you have anything or if you, you think you're not up to par. I mean, uh, I would say baby step it. Like, no one's perfect. Uh, we've, as uh, I've been with now CFO for, I don't know, seven or eight years now and seen a lot of stuff and I'm... Um, don't don't get down on yourself and don't wait. There's never, I guess, that perfect time. So just start small. Like, oh, I need to pay a little more attention maybe in uh, to the safeguarding asset piece. I maybe need to put in some controls or, um, hey, we, we want to look and start this budgeting thing. Um, you know, just kind of piecemeal it, uh, you know, with in your organization. If you're not able to do that within your organization, uh, you know, maybe you, you outsource or bring someone in uh, to help with that. But don't get down and, and don't and don't feel like everything has to be perfect. It's just like any other thing with the business. Uh, like, hey, we're we're working on our sales uh, pitches, we're working on our sales um, processes, or we're working on a new product line. It's the same thing in the accounting department. Like, okay, we, we were on QuickBooks and that worked for a while. Now we've got to go to a new ERP system or whatever. So it, it's a constant like the same thing. Like um, it's a constant process, I guess. And mm-hmm. so don't don't get discouraged. Um, you know, you know, st- start now, take a, take an assessment and where you think you're at and, and um, don't get down. Um, yeah. All right. Hey, well, Chris, <laughs> hey, well, Chris, thanks for uh, being with us today. Uh, very, very enlightening. And uh, thanks for taking the time. I'm sure uh, you've encouraged many people today with your message and the insights on effective financial management and how important it is and critical to uh, operating a business. You can find out more about Chris and his organization, Now CFO, uh, on our website at clouseroundbusiness.com on the guest page. 
Please remind your friends about us. They can find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, and CastBox, and always at Clouser on Business. All for now, you've been listening to Clouser on Business.